Ladies with gentle hands, welcome back to, I've done that again, another episode <laughs> of the SC Oz. I'm joined for the first time with Ben Hicks, original of the Weekly Wrap. How are you, mate? Yeah, good, mate. Happy to be here. Uh, love talking about me footy and all things Australian sport. So, um, yeah, looking forward to getting into it. Now, this is your bread and butter. We'll just quickly go over. You are a pies man. Yes. How are they going to be faring this year? Just a little bit of a sneaky before we get into our predictions for Frio and Richmond. Yeah, obviously coming off the premiership last year, um, you obviously hope they'll make finals again and push for the grand final. But really excited to see how they go backing up from a grand final. It's um, more hard, harder to win the second one than it is the first one. So it will be interesting, a few changes. Um, I wouldn't yeah. know. I <laughs> would not know. But Shed has also joined us here in the studio. He was a part of the weekly wrap as we dissected his North Melbourne and West Coast. But welcome on to the SC Oz, mate. Yeah, no, it's been really great to be here for the first time. I hate talking about Australian sport because North Melbourne suck at the moment. Storm? But, yeah, Storm. They've probably been my saving grace the last couple of years. But, you know, they won the flag the first season I supported them. And then I'm just, you know, being above that grind, the Panthers grind in the NRL. Well, without further ado, we might as well get into it. We've obviously had the episodes of West Coast, North Melbourne, Hawthorne and the Gold Coast on to the 14th side in Fremantle next. And before we give our predictions on where they finish next year, who needs a big year and who is under pressure coming into this season? I'll kick things off. And I think that Luke Jackson is an obvious name. That comes to your mind. You come across on big money and they gave up a lot for him just to play second fiddle again to Sean Darcy this season. So obviously he played under Max Gorn at Melbourne and that worked throughout that premiership tilt. They then, Melbourne, with their own issues, which we'll get into at a later episode. But Jackson comes across now, and it's like, well, he's not going to start in the ruck. Do we play him as another on-baller? Do we not have Tabernar play? Does he stand next to a miss-up forward? How do you guys see him? Do you think he's under pressure this year in terms of not only his contract, but, yeah, just playing in general? Yeah, I think he's under positional pressure. Um, like you said, there's not really a one spot where he, um, he fits in because Sean Darcy isn't a – He's an elite ruckman. Um, yeah. And for Luke, Dar- uh, Luke Darcy, Luke Jackson to take over from Luke Darcy. <laughs> Sean Darcy, um, yeah. that'd, be, that'd be the wrong move. But their forward line is where they do struggle, Fremantle. I think if you put uh, Luke Jackson down there, that'll help drastically. So if he plays 80 20 forward line, um, I think that would be very beneficial for Freya. What do you reckon, Shed? I think that. Uh- Luke Jackson, this might be controversial, but I still rate him in the upper echelon. I don't think there is a team in the AFL that he doesn't make the starting 22 because everyone will take him. He's the best second ruckman in it, in the AFL. He's a gap filler. He can play anywhere, as you just mentioned. You reeled off all those places where he can play. Um, yeah, I think he just is a gap filler and just one of those utilities that can absolutely blow a game apart, yeah. just is- maybe not firing as much as we expected him to be at Fremantle. Can that be a downfall, though? Because getting unsettled into a position, we've seen it with him, obviously, last year, and you go, right, he goes up forward. If he's not kicking you one and a half goals a game, then it's like, okay, well, you need him in the ruck. Yes, good for a pinch hit. Can play a little bit like an extra midfielder in there at times. But if he's not settled and the rest of the side's getting jiggered around just to sort of make him fit into that, do you think that can be an issue? Or do you think it's one of those things where it's just like, this week... We need you to play here. It's a specific role for a specific team. Hmm. I think, well, possibly the form of the whole Fremantle side probably isn't helping him as much. Obviously, playing in a dominant Melbourne side, he was the gaps get covered pretty quickly and things just fit. But if, you, if, if you're going to rephrase the question, say, to would I rather go into a game with or without Luke Jackson if they're playing poorly, I'd probably still pick Luke Jackson. 
So I, I just think they've got to choose a spot for him and stick him there. Nice, nice. Who have we got for who needs a big year or under pressure? Probably another one that escapes it while you boys look that up is actually the coach himself. I do have that written down here, um, Justin Longmuir, fifth year as coach. Um, they've only made the top eight once in that five years, uh, four years, sorry, obviously his fifth year. Um, I think he is very much under pressure. Um, just to see uh, them rise up the ladder a bit, they were 12th in 2012, uh, 2010, sorry, and then 11th. And then they made the top five in 22, and then they've gone back down. So I think a bit more consistency up the ladder um, with Freo can save his job. But yeah, his fifth year as coach, he yeah, needs to start improving, I think. You're right. You'd reckon you'd see dramatic change by then, yeah. wouldn't you? Mine one is this is the last roll of the dice for Fife. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, yeah. It's We've heard it for probably two or three years now, haven't we? It's that do they trade him? There was trade talks and then he's a loyal player. He's probably going to go down with Matthew Pavlidge as the best Fremantle player of all time. But where, where are they going to put him? Is he going to play forward? Is, there's talk he's going to be playing heavy midfield minutes. Does does that stunt the growth of Brayshaw, Sarong? Is Brody going to get a gig? Where, where's Fife going to play this year? I think you just have to put him back to where he was at his best and just get him in the mids and people sort of, yeah, you have to work hard defensively around him because they that's the big knock on him. He can't doesn't like to chase defensively, but that's just, you know, stiff luck. He's a Brownlow medalist for a reason. I think Angus sure. Brayshaw um, is in that category as well now. Yeah, they might be the most dominant offensive midfield and you might be able to beat him on the other other side if everything clicks together, but I think if you've got Nat Fife, you use Nat Fife as Nat Fife. You don't try and change him into bloody Cam Zerha or you try and change him into someone else, yep. if you know what I mean. Yeah. So the the other issue, I think, with them is losing uh, Lockie Schiltz is one of them, obviously, to Collingwood. What a great acquisition for Collingwood, losing Ginevan and bringing Schiltz in, who had a fantastic year. But they've also lost Liam Henry as well, who was a star wingman at stages, and I think he's going to flourish at St Kilda in a new role next to Brad Hill. But, yeah, it's just their list and going forward with their actual forwards. Tabernay has been um, injury-ravaged probably the last couple of seasons, it feels like. A miss hasn't really got to that next uh, calibre yet. So I'm, I'm a bit sceptical on their forward line. So potentially Fife might have to do a 50-50 split in doing so. Who is going to have a big year, though, for Freya? Let's look at a little bit of the positives before we give our predictions. Yeah, so we've got down Caleb Sarong and Andy Brayshaw as the obvious ones. Um, they'll have to take their game to the next level. They are the new leaders of that club um, with Fife on the end of his tenure there. Um, I think they'll, they're just the, the inside mids that um, Freo need and they're young and Brayshaw was favourite for the Brownlow uh, last year or the year before and Sarong has just, yeah, gone leaps and bounds over the last couple of years. But we've got Brendan Cox as well written down, um, the down back line there. Have you seen much of him, Shed, Brendan? No, not a hell of a no. lot being overseas last year, but you do, if you know him and he plays for Fremantle, he must be a pretty good player. Yeah. So and there's the sniff test on them. He's just really probably accompanied along with Luke Ryan down in the back, Hayden Young being one of them. I really don't mind their back line. I think their back line actually holds up okay, just depending on obviously if their midfield isn't getting a lot of pressure put into them. Down the back for the start, he's 25 years of age, so he's getting into that peak now where you go, Right, we nearly want an all-Australian squad type setup for him. Averaged 17 disposals in his 20 games last year and 7.6 marks, both rated as elite for a defender. So as a defender, you want those combinations up there to make sure that you're going all right. Uh, their off-season recruits, well, it was few and far between, if we're honest. The only pickup was Jeremy Sharp from the Gold Coast. Not, yeah. not a huge 
on him, obviously not being able to get a, a game in that side. But I think, obviously, like we've stated, their losses out of the side. And the biggest being Travis Collier, obviously, an Essendon great being out of that side this year. So the wish list for them going into this season, what do Fremantle fans want to get out of this season? I think they just want to see um, more effort and more wins. Obviously, you want more wins and stuff. They want to see all their good players firing. Like, If I was a Fremantle supporter, I would love to see Nat Five play every single game and be top 10 in the Brownlow and all that stuff. Yeah, if they just, I don't know, where have I got them? Yeah, I don't think they'll they'll be anywhere near the top eight. But yeah, it's hard for those teams down the bottom. You really just want to see an effort and um, a couple of wins here and there. And if they can create a home ground advantage and win the majority of their home games mm. and create a fortress like they used to be. Like they're not, they're they're not Coast, feared there, are they? Nah, not at all. Teams are finding them out and they go over there and they can win over in WA now, whereas it used to be you go over there and if you win, it's very lucky to win over there. So I think, yeah, create a fortress over in WA and yeah, steal a few wins elsewhere. Shed, that was going to be my point exactly. I think you got to win your home games and sneak a few on the road if you're going to be a show. But as you said, building momentum in a new stadium, uh, making getting the fans on your side, that can probably be a big, big thing for a young list. Yeah, I think their fringe players have really got to probably lift. Like I said, that, yeah, I've mentioned him a few times, but a miss. You want him to take that next step where you go, this bloke is your Oscar Allen. This bloke is, <laughs> you know, he's taking that sort of next step. Hayden Young's one of them as well. He's awesome to watch. You, you need those sort of calibers, your sarongs, your brayshaws, to be in that All-Australian conversation. And I don't mean you have to make the side, but if you've got, you know, four or five plays of that caliber in the squad getting close to All-Australian selection, it lifts the rest of your group up and then you can sort of play finals. But my prediction time for them now I honestly don't see them moving at all. I reckon they're going to be bang on around about where they are, give or take a couple of spots. So they finished 14th last year, put them between 13th to 15th for me. Hixie. Yeah, I think they'll be bottom four. Could even be Woo! second last. Looking onto the year after, they've got three first rounders in the draft next year. So even if it's a bleak year in 24, I think they'll load up um, with some young talent going into 25 and then you'll start to see an improvement. And who knows, it could be with a new coach that year as well. I think you're in the same boat there. I've got them finishing 17th, the second bottom. I think they're only a few injuries away from a West Coast situation where they've just got a heap of names where you're going, who the hell is this guy from happening? If you know what I mean? Like say Fife doesn't get back to injury. Brayshaw has a, an injury. Sean Darcy goes down. Then. Their forwards go down. they got not much. Exactly. And then you're like, oh my God, what are we <laughs> going to do from here? So spicy one for you is just a little prediction on here. Nathan Buckley to coach Fremantle towards the end of the year. Really? That's my spicy one. He went, he's been in the coach's box with them previously, yep. done a little bit of work there. If things do go as pear-shaped as you guys are predicting, I think that they'll sort of hold. I think they've got too many half-okay players to drop down that far. But if it all does, I can picture Nathan Buckley taking them over, over in WA. See how we go. All right. We will move straight into Richmond. 13th last year. Have we seen the end of a dynasty? Well, let's get into it and figure it out from there. Who needs a big year for the Tigers? Yeah, I've written down Nathan Broad. Um, he's going on 30, I think. Um, a few younger defenders coming through in Gibkiss and um, Rootner Boy Tom Brown. Uh, I think they're ready to step into that back line and take over. And you're not gonna, Obviously, you're not going to drop Grimes, who's the captain down there. So I think Broad's spot is probably the one that's um, up in the air if he doesn't perform well and he'll step out and let the young kids through. You could probably group Veloston in there as well. Yep. Like that, just the, the nucleus that they had in that halfback that were just ferocious. And it's funny um, enough, we've all picked halfback flank because I've got Jaden Short in there as well, who's only 28 years of age. Mm. So 
those sort of plays around there, and it's everyone's sort of going, oh, Richmond's dropped off, Richmond's dropped off. They've still got that many players. Your Shire Bolton's, medals. your Dustin Martin's. Robbie Tarrant we haven't seen much of. Is he still on he's the right, side? He's gone. Well, yeah, well, he's out of the way, so yeah. there's <laughs> I don't a spot think for someone else. This year. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. North Heidelberg might be looking all right. <laughs> yeah, well, I completely agree with that. Not to, sorry, cut you off there, Shed, but yeah, continue. Can totally agree with that, but I think – it's a bit of a holding pattern. Obviously, things didn't go their way last year. I think 13th for their list was a little bit low. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think things just snowballed on them a little bit and got away from them. But if they can sort of just hold on a few of those older guys and milk the last couple of years out of their career and allow those younger guys to come through and take their spot on merit rather than just have to throw them into the wolves, um, they may be able to transition because, as they said, they got a few recruits of uh, Taranto and um, – Hopper. Hopper from the year before, match that with a few draft pick hits, a few more recruits because they're a big side in Melbourne. I think that they can rejuvenate this list and under a new coach, anything can really happen. So we don't know what we're going to see from them. With Cochin and Rewelt both retiring, I also think Liam Baker could have a big year as well. Um, probably a fan favourite for the Richmond supporters and probably the neutral supporters out there. Obviously, he goes hard at the footy. They've played him on the forward flank, back flank. They've played him in bits throughout the midfield. I'd like to see him have a bit of a lockdown spot, potentially on the back flank, and see how he goes this year. Is there anyone else that we think needs to have a big year for Richmond? Yeah, well, obviously, when they were winning those premierships, I think it's the younger portion of the players that won that premiership who are now in the age bracket where they need to be the leaders of the club. Obviously, like you said, Rewalt and Cochin have retired. So those next players who were, say, 23, 24, now are getting towards 30. Uh, need to step up. And one of those is he's a bit younger, Shy Bolton. Um, I think 2022 was one of his best seasons. He kicked over 40 goals. And he can be that mid-forward who, yeah, he's very dynamic and um, yeah, just has raw talent mm-hmm. that can break the game apart. He could have his you know, 25 and three goals or 20 and four. I think, yeah, he needs to have a big year. I couldn't agree more with that. They've had a few off-season recruits, one of them being Jacob Kaczynski from Hawthorne, which interesting acquisition. Obviously, Tom Lynch... There's toing and froing over if he's fit. There's a few players that are in that category for Richmond. Dion Presti is another one who's soft, soft tissue injuries galore at the moment. So it'd be interesting to see how much footy he plays. Um, and they picked up Sam Naismith as well. But that's their only real recruits. Obviously, the losses, as we said, Kent Stanger being one of them who was at the start of last season. Cochin, Rewalt, Soldo, and Robbie Tarrant has retired. I should have checked my own notes yeah. before I uh, go out and say something stupid like I always do. But in terms of the draft picks, I they haven't had anything major come in. But I think, like we said, the wish list for them is to probably get a full season out of Dusty, your Tom Lynch's and your Jacob Hopper's, like we have written down here. Do we think that Jacob Hopper is an A-list midfielder or is he just a holding pattern again within that side? I don't think it's no greater, no. I think he could potentially push towards it. This year, I think he could push towards it. Last year, he was injured. But yeah, he's not an A grader at the moment. I think Taranto is the A grade midfielder in that team. Um, but I think, yeah, if Hopper follows him and their midfield will be a bit different this year, I think they'll rotate a few through there. Probably get some of those younger kids through, like we did say. But yeah, he's not an A grader for me. Um, I'll say no as well because that A grade I think gets thrown around way too easily. Agreed. Apparently every side's got two A graders and you're like, oh, they're just the best player on that team. Doesn't mean <laughs> that they're an A grader in every team. Yeah, correct. So I'll, so I'll join and say no because I want to tighten up the license of handing out an A grader. Yep. But for me, you, you mentioned Jacob Kaczynski coming in from Hawthorne. He was showing really good signs at Hawthorne. I'm surprised that they let him go so easily, but that's 
the nature of the AFL. They mm-hmm. tend to just let them go with ease. Um, but he's going to be a big link because if he's not firing, Tom Lynch is injured. Who's down there, like for for not uh, for their for their forward line in terms of tools? Obviously, that's going to make the job harder for Bolter, Shy Boltons, Noel Bolter probably has probably locked down a spot at fullback, possibly yeah. though. Yeah. So R- rumors of him training up floor, but it might be break glass in case of emergency type setup. I am interested to see the predictions for this one because you could go either way here, mm. or you could stay in the middle. Where 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 are Richmond going to be next year, Sheb? We'll start with you. Uh Whatever you say now gets held against you for the rest of the year, and I'm going to bag you out every For comedy week. value, they're going to finish ninth. <laughs> <laughs> really? <laughs> I think ninth. I think they'll be in that hunt coming down to the last three year, uh, last three games of the season. So I think the first nine games for them are going to be very, very important. But finishing ninth for me. I'm going to be boring here, and I've done it. This episode, it's just these two teams, but I don't see Richmond going up or down, really. I think, again, they've got too much talent from the premiership side of things. I just don't think that they have that one wow factor. I think their depth is lacking now to get them into finals. So I'll I'll have them around 11th to 13th. Well, I've gone 15th for them. Woo, Hixie. Top of the bottom four. Um, Obviously, a new coach could take a few games to get into the swing of things, but like we said about Tom Lynch, um, if he's not playing early and Kaczynski is not firing, it's going to be very hard for them to kick goals. So the less times Tom Lynch plays, the uh, less wins they'll have. But same goes as what Freo. Uh, next year's draft, they've got a pretty strong hand. They have nine selections in that draft. So they could bundle a few of them up and get some players in, already made players or, yeah, top up and young talent. But, yeah, it might be a bleak year for the Richmond Tigers. All right. Happy with that, though. Oh, yeah. Happy for the Tigs to suck. <laughs> ah. So overdue. It's not even funny. <laughs> I hate Richmond supporters, Joel Costa. It will be interesting to see their attendance at their home games because we've seen it absolutely. They don't go to Marvel, mate. Fire out of those turnstiles when they're not winning. Yeah. They are the biggest front running franchise in AFL. Bandwagons. Yeah, geez, they come out of the woodwork 2017, didn't they? Oh. Oh, I can't get a membership. Oh, I've got not enough seats. Got too many members, 100,000. <laughs> Shut the hell yeah, up. Get the hell pet out of here. Memberships. Yeah, pet, I was just about to say. <laughs> yeah, but, yeah. Talking to me cat and me snail. And me. Yeah. <laughs> All right. We'll, uh, we'll add in another what, curly one just to finish things off. Brownlow predictions. Who's going to win the Brownlow this year? Oh, that's the top of the dome. Obviously, Nick Dacos will win it, but I won't be, <laughs> <laughs> I won't be boring and say him um, from someone else. Let's have a quick thing. I'm going to go – while you're doing that, Thank you. I'll pick up and I'll go Sam Walsh. I think Ooh. Sam Walsh wins it this year. Know. I think Cripps takes that that role of veteran big body, allows him to get the front run to the footy, sort of like yep. that sweeper role. Sam Walsh wins it. I think I agreed with you there the last time. I think Sam Walsh fits the bill of the current day midfielder and the vote catcher, McGee, touching it 40 times a game. It's pretty easy to get a couple of votes. That is true. Um, I'll go Bonton Pally. I think, Ooh. yeah, he is um, – yeah. He'll be right up there and hopefully win it or come second to Nick Dacos. All right. Well, next week we're going to have the Geelong Cats. Who cares? And the Dons next week, boys. We'll have the Dons next week. So it'll be interesting to see where everyone has them sitting. Catching up with the uh, Dons boys tomorrow afternoon, actually. They're coming into school for a little bit of a bit of a chat, bit of an information session. Any any questions you want me to ask them off the top of my head? Well, I think I said in the group, who's their favourite SE panellist um, would be a great question to start things off. Will they break the drought this year is probably another one. It's the question on everyone's lips. Do you know and, who uh, you've got coming? I think we've got Drapes. Oh, big Drapes. Yeah. Is that the I think so. Yeah, Scott nice. Camparelli. 
Yeah. Right. <laughs> and the list manager. Now, I've lined a few grade ones up to really grilling yeah. over, over his decisions in a few last few years. I uh, love it. And Damien Barrett's probably going to be there as well. <laughs> All right. Uh, another good episode. Thanks for coming on, boys. Thank you. Thank you very much.